0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Living Well series, where Dr. Jones teaches about the spiritual disciplines that build spiritual maturity, which ultimately leads to Christ-like living. Now let's join them for today's message.
1: For anyone that's ever worked a job where you had an hourly wage, you get paid based on the amount of time you work. When you get into the establishment, you clock in and you clock out. And whatever the time stamp is, you get paid per set time. The question on the floor is, though, How much time did you actually work? And if you got paid only for the time that you work, what would that check really look like? Everything we do, we think about it in time. We are linear creatures. We exist in space, length, height, width. Time. That's E equals MC squared. You know, you go Albert Einstein. He saw "Time is simultaneous with with matter." So we exist in that. We understand that, and yet, too often we take time for granted. Today is this part two of stewardship because last week we looked at kingdom giving. We looked at kingdom finances. How do we steward and manage the resources and the finances God gives us today? How do we steward the time God gives us? The time God gives us. Do we look at time as a resource that's been given to each of us? Or are we personally just taking for granted time and wasting time? When we think about the clock, the clock is so significant. The clock is such a substantial factor in our lives that we must seriously consider it when it comes to godly living. If we're going to live for God, we have to honestly assess and ask ourselves, how am I spending my time to the glory of God? And the first thing we deal with is our allotted time. When you think about allotment of time, we've all set in a standardized test for the most part. And we understand that we have so much time to take said test. You know, and the bigger the test, it can get intimidating because it's like, you know, you go, you're at school and they say you got 30 minutes to take this test. You figure, okay, it's going to be a little easier because it's only 30 minutes, that'll fly by. And then you go to take one of those tests as you go up in degrees and they're like, you got four hours to take this test. Well, what in the world am I going to be doing for four hours? Like, is it really going to take me four hours to take this test? Am I smart enough? Can I do it in an hour? And then you look up and that clock is running and you're like, I got to hurry up, I got too many more questions. They allot time out. What's interesting is God, who is totally in control, he is sovereign for each of us. He's allotted an amount of time. Problem is, we don't know how much that is. In our minds, we, we, think, we think we got forever. Matter of fact, when you're a kid, you think you got, I got a, I got a lifetime. I got, I got so much time to do stuff. We don't know how much time we have. But we do know God holds time in his hand. That's why we talk about, you know, playing God, because God is the one who decides who lives and who dies. That's why we we use that kind of language, because God holds all of time in our hands, which brings us to this conclusion is we must understand that since he has allotted us time, we are accountable to him for how we spend that time. In John 17, Jesus talks about, I came to do the work you sent me to do. How many of us right now so far can say, Father, I'm doing the work you sent me to do? I got this time. Father, I am doing exactly what you called me and sent me to do. I am doing exactly what I've been born into the world to do. Or are we sitting there still wrestling with that question? Because the truth is, some of you may be in Christ. Some of us may be followers of Jesus Christ, and we're still trying to figure out, why why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I I using the time? Am I spending this life uh, on myself, or am I really walking out why God has allowed me to be born in the world? If you're asking that question, keep asking Him. Because, to be honest, I can't tell you that. The only person that can tell you why you're here is him. He's the only one. So go to him. Talk to him. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you place your trust in Jesus Christ, you have full unlimited access to walk in your daddy's room and say, Pops, I need to I, I need, I need ask. An Tell me what you want me to do. Give me my marching orders. Tell me why I'm here. We are accountable to him. We see this in Romans 14, 12. We're going to have to give an account for all we've done. Hebrews five twelve says we ought to be spending our time as to mature, not even to remain or regress in our walk. We're accountable to him. Jonathan Edwards has a quote. He said, we should live each day as if at the end of the day, we have to give an account of how we used our time. Man, think about each day, and at the end of the day, you had to stand before God, and you had to go through how you spent your itinerary. He said that should be how our minds are wired when it comes to this walk in Christ. No understanding. We're accountable to him. God has allotted us so much time. We live in a fallen world. And we got to understand that we got to use our time wisely because the days are evil. You sitting there like, Pastor, why are you calling the days evil? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Look in Ephesians. I want you to turn over to Ephesians, and I want you to look at something that the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, he says, pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. What's he saying? The days that we live in, temptation is all around. Sin is all around running rampant and we have to make the most of the allotted time God has given us because of all the evil that surrounds us there's only so much we can do we don't want to miss out on the opportunity God gives us and whatever he's called us to walk out that includes fulfilling your God-given responsibilities You know, you have a responsibility to take care of yourself because God lives in you by faith in Christ. So you have become the temple of God. So you have to take care of yourself. How are you doing with that? You have to take care of your other responsibilities that go along with taking care of yourself and those whom you're responsible for, whether it be your family, spouse, children, grandchildren. Some of you, you may have nieces and nephews. Matter of fact, you work at a job, you held accountable for what's going on there because you're supposed to be representing Christ at that job. So if you got employees, whatever is under your care, whatever job you're supposed to be doing, are you making the most of that time to the glory of God? Because we got to be wise. Don't don't be foolish with your time. He says the days are evil, so, so walk as wise, not as unwise. Don't be oblivious to what's going on around you because Satan is looking to snatch you right out of what God is calling you to do. So we got to got our minds and our thoughts. That's why in Colossians 3 he says, fix your minds on things above, not on things that are earthly. We don't know how much time we got, but we know we're gonna be held accountable for it. And God has allotted each of us so much time. And, and some of us may more have more time, some of us may have less time. We look at age sometimes the wrong way. You know, when somebody gets to ninety years old, you're like, "Man, they old." You know, but if if somebody's death date was actually at twenty four, when they was twenty two, they was old. We don't know how much time we have, so use the time wisely. Time waits for no one. Time is not waiting. Time is not sitting on you waiting for you to get your mind right. Time is not sitting there waiting on you to pray about it and see what you're going to do. Time is moving. It's going. It's not waiting. So, So what you waiting on? Time's not waiting. You may be feeling like you're scared to step out on faith. You may be feeling like you're scared to take a risk because Jesus may drop you. When Time's not waiting. You're not getting any younger. Time is passing. It's like that hourglass. You're sitting there feeling and twirling your thumbs, and that sand is falling. Let's go. Let's move. Let's step out there and say, "I trust you, Lord," and take the chance. Let's step out there and say, "I, I know God called me to do, it, but I don't know if it's the time yet." No, if God's calling you to do it, He's stirring it up, and you're scared. That's probably Satan trying to trying to keep you stagnant and trying to keep you standing there. And it's like, no, let's go, because time is not waiting. Time is short. In James four fourteen, he says, "Yeah, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while." And then it vanishes. It's short. And when we we're talking about it, it's short, it's passing. It's going on and on. You feel like, man, time is flying. It's passing away. I said a moment ago, you, we're not getting any younger, none of us. You may be thinking like, man, I'm going I'm okay, I'm, to I'm get ready, and then next year I'm going to go ahead and do it. Why are you waiting? Did God tell you to wait? Because it's one thing if God said, pause, wait a moment, then go. Rather than God telling you, go, and you sitting there like, "Mm, I'm not ready. Time is passing, y'all. It's short. We got to discipline ourselves for our time towards godliness. We got to discipline ourselves. We can't let the days get away from us.
0: More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, with your donation, you can request your copy of Youth Matter, Kingdom Development, Kingdom Impact. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how youth should understand this time in their life's development, as well as impacting the world around them to the glory of God. Go to DarylJones.org, that's D-A-R-Y-L-Jones.org, to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message.
1: I read something, it was like, it's amazing how creative we can be with wasting time. You know, we think like, man, if I do all this, man, I'm gonna miss them shows. I'm gonna watch them shows. All right, man, I got I got too many movies to watch. And I'm like, man, I've been going hard for these last few weeks, man. I need to just I need to just chill. When there's work to be done. Now, there is a time to rest. You know, that's another sermon. But there is a time to rest. But don't don't you gotta check yourself. Don't blame your laziness on times needed for rest. Because the time we have is uncertain, it's passing. And it can easily be lost. When I said laziness, how creative we can be, there's a verse in Proverbs 26:13, And it's a bunch of verses in there that talk about the slacker and the sluggard. But this one gets me, it says, the slacker says, there's a lion in the road and a lion in the public square. And you keep reading on that, it's like, it says the slacker is like, man, it's, it's too dangerous. It's too, it's, it's too risky. When I said, you willing to step out there on faith? it goes on. It says, as the door swings on its hinges, the slacker turns in his bed. Oh, I wait. I hit snooze a little longer. I'm tired. Time is passing. It's moving, and we have to use our allotted time wisely, because time cannot be regained. We think about things as commodities, but you know, you want to know something? We, we can't earn time back. We can't work for it back. We can't buy time. We may think we can, but you can't buy time. That's why when the scripture talks about how God can redeem the time, what he's saying is that the time you have remained, you can get things back right for him. So if you've wasted time in your life and hadn't been living for Christ, hadn't been fulfilling your God given responsibilities, you haven't been participating in the advancement of the kingdom of God. If you got breath in your lungs right now, he can redeem that time you've lost. You can't regain that. But what you can do is get back right now. And spend the rest of your allotted time, which you don't know, which is passing and live to the glory and honor of God. He, that, that 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 miracle in Joshua when God stopped the sun, that was that, that was a one-time event. He ain't doing that for you. And that, that was some kingdom business. You know, that was that was fulfilling some promises he gave to Abraham. He's not stopping the sun for you. Don't put off until tomorrow what can be taken care of today. Because you don't know what tomorrow brings. And that's what the Word of God says. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We sit here like, I'm, I wait till tomorrow, and all of a sudden summer come up. I'll wait the next day and something else come up. And you look up like, man, I was supposed to take care of that last week. And all of a sudden, five days have gone by. And I'm up against the clock. We'll presume God's grace and we'll procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. And then we'll get the job done. And he'll be like, yeah, we're good under pressure. No, no, that's, 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 that that was, you counting the blessing right now because that'll catch up to you. One last truth about time is this. We need to understand time's relationship to eternity. When we think about time and its relationship to eternity, it made me think about, you know, as human development. You know, we're, we're conceived, we're born, we, we go through stages of development. And you, you get to, you know, where you go from infancy, you just toddler, and you get into adolescence. And then something happens that transitions you from adolescence to adulthood. And it's something we call puberty. And we all go through it, male and female. And certain changes start to happen as it starts to happen. And when it completes, ain't no going back. What's interesting about that is we learn that. I I start thinking about that when it comes to time because there's a time where there's going to be a transition from us in time to eternity. And there's no going back. There's no going back, meaning what we didn't take care of or what we did, we can't go back and redo. That transition is something we call death. And also throw in because we all believers, Jesus is coming back. So if we are alive when He comes back, that transition will be the twinkling of an eye. We'll be in, in the kingdom. I mean, there's going to be a transition and there's no going back. Now, we can be in the kingdom or we can be outside the kingdom. There's no going back. Time's relationship to eternity, we have to remind ourselves that as we go day by day by day, it is preparation and is to keep in mind that there's going to be a day where there's going to be no more time and we're going to have to stand before the Lord. And what we did in time will count towards eternity, good or bad. It that, and what's interesting is when you look, when you think about human life, and we see this even in the scripture, how when people get old, close to their deathbed, they value time a lot more. Like nobody talks about, you know, when they when they when they on their deathbed, they're not talking about their boat. They're not talking about their house. They're talking about time they spent with loved ones. They're talking about time they may wasted. I wish I would have done this. It's a sad thing when you get to your deathbed and you got all these regrets. Yeah, you made a whole lot of money. Your kids don't like you and don't know you. You don't hurt, you don't plow through a whole lot of people. Your name is mud. Yeah, you famous, and you cut and hurt so many folk by gaining so much. And we have to stand and give an account for that. You think about time. I mentioned a moment ago about God redeeming the time. We saw this with King Hezekiah. And you see this in Isaiah 38 when King Hezekiah was on his deathbed and he prayed. and He asked God to give him more time. Was amazing is that God said, all right. It was even more amazing. God didn't just say, yes, I'm going to give you more time. God says, you know what? I'm going to give you 15 more years. What you going to do with it? And you see how Hezekiah ended up being what we consider one of the good kings. He was turning the nation back to worshiping the Lord, back to Yahweh. He says, God going to give me this extra time. I'm going to spend it for him. I'm going to spend it for his glory. We value time, but time has value in eternity i said you know when we we start to think about what we may have missed out regrets you know the deathbed it's it's an interesting story in luke 16 when it talks about the rich man and lazarus and lazarus was was poor and they ate, 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 ate crumbs from even what the dog was eating and i mean he was eating crumbs on the side of the road and the dogs was licking his sores, and just a bad picture of a, a life and then he dies and he goes well, we, it was called, in that text, Abraham's bosom, I and mean, he, he's going to be with the Lord. And then the rich man who had everything and, and, and was living a life of luxury, he dies, and he died outside of the Lord, and he went over here away from the Lord, and he's going to be in eternal judgment. And it talks about it was so hot, and there was so much torture. It, 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 it's a bad place, a place you don't want to go. And this is Jesus telling the story. So Jesus is, is giving an example understanding when he talks about being with the Lord, heaven, hell, that language that we use from the scripture. Now, what's interesting is this. He paints the picture of the guy that's over here. He said, like, he can't get from, it's, it's a chasm he can't cross. Once you're there, you can't go to the other place. You can't work for it, you can't earn it. That's it. Done. You spent your time, you didn't trust the Lord, you're over there, and you're there for eternity. And what he says is this. He says, well, if I can't do that, he said, well, y'all, will, you, will, you, will you somebody please go back and tell my brothers? Because I don't want them to end up here. And if Jesus come in, off the chain. Jesus coming, and he says, man, they got, they got Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe that, they won't even believe if somebody raised from the dead. That passage actually is not so much about heaven and hell. That passage is about do you trust the word of God? Because the day will come whether you trust the word of God, we're going to have to give an account. And there's going to be an eternal separation whether you're with the Lord or you are not. Are you spending your time trusting God's word or not? Because it doesn't matter what miracle may happen around you, do you trust God's word and is your time reflecting that trust? Time prepares us for eternity. It's pointing to when you see time running out and you got a deadline or something, let that be reminding you time is really running out. What am I doing for the Lord? Am I living out my God-given purpose. It is preparing us. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says for he says at an acceptable time I listened to you and in the day of salvation I helped you. See now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Paul quotes Isaiah and he's saying don't waste any time. Number one, have you said yes to Jesus? If you haven't said yes to Jesus, don't delay because you don't know the day, the time, or the hour. Don't delay it. And when you say yes to Jesus, it's not just yes to Jesus, I don't go to heaven. It is a yes to Jesus that I may live for you, Lord, and spend my time that I have in this life, that I steward it well, that I manage it well, as if even at the end of the day I got to stand before you and you're going to give me a checks and balances of how I spend every minute. That's mature time management. That is how we spend our time. 1954, the NBA introduced a new rule called the shot clock. When they instituted the shot clock, the very next year in one season, the average went from 74 points a game to 93 points a game. Soon after, it jumped from 93 to 104 points a game. All were instituting a shot clock. Nothing changed about the allotted time or how long the game was. The game was still just 60 minutes. But when they put that shot clock, what it did, it caused people to actually try to put more balls in the basket. Because if you don't know basketball, it's the basic rules of basketball. You need to score more points than the other team. That's the basic rule. So you need to get good at putting that round ball through that hoop into that net. And you need to be able to do it more than the other team does. That's the basic understanding when it comes to basketball. Now what's interesting is when they instituted the shot clock, it doesn't mean you have to shoot the ball. It just means if you don't shoot the ball and it hits the rim, as that time expires, 24 seconds. When you get the ball in your possession, you got 24 seconds to shoot the ball and at least hit the rim. If you don't do that, the other team gets the ball and they get a try. That's that's basically how the, the game works. Now, you could spend your time just dribbling, 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 let the time run out, and then get the other team the ball and say, we're going to play such great defense, they ain't scoring a basket. And then at the end of the game, we'll score one, we win. You could strategize that way. What they found was when that clock started running, people had an urgency to get rid of the ball. So much so, if you go to a game today, once it gets to like five seconds, you'll hear the crowd start yelling, five, four. Three, and dudes in the game may even forget about the clock. They don't know what's going on in the clock, and they start hearing that time, and all of a sudden it's like their heart start racing, and they get dribbling, and then they pull up, or they try to get to the goal and get to the basket for a dunk or a layup. It's an urgency that happens. Why? Because they understand time is running out. When they become cognizant of time, it affects how they engage the game. It affects how strategic, how they execute the plays because they know when the clock strikes zero, whoever got the most points wins. May we think of our lives as such that we respond to understanding that God has given us set amount of time. He is in total control of it, and we don't know exactly what that is. But since we don't know how much it is, since we know it's short, since we know it's passing, and since we know we are accountable to God in how we spend our time, may we make every opportunity to live as wise, not as unwise to live to the glory of God, to fulfill our God-given responsibilities, to fulfill our purpose in these lives and commit to God, we won't waste time. My charge for you today is don't waste God's time. When we talk about time and currency, when your boss gives you a budget, you waste that money, you're going to lose that job. Think about this time. God... Is a lot in time like currency. Don't waste this time. The way we spend our time will dictate and determine where we spend eternity and how we spend eternity. When I say where, how we spend our time will determine whether we go with the Lord forever and ever or whether we are separated from the Lord forever and ever in eternal punishment. When I say how, it will determine the rewards we receive or the punishment we receive, the loss time is valuable don't
0: waste it amen thank you for listening to point with daryl jones this was just one part from the current series living well where dr jones teaches about the spiritual disciplines that build spiritual maturity which ultimately leads to christ-like living if this ministry has blessed you we invite you to donate to point ministries today and request your copy of dr jones's book Youth Matter, Kingdom Development, Kingdom Impact. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.